0: You're listening to Shoot the Hostage. I'm Sarah. And I'm Dan. We're a movie-obsessed couple that delves into a different film each week based around a theme.
1: This season, the theme is aliens, and we're covering eight extraterrestrial-themed movies.
0: Shoot the Hostage contains explicit language and mature content, as well as major spoilers for the chosen film. We really hope you enjoy listening and stick around. we start talking about mars attacks
1: (laughs) no i'm enjoying doing this
0: (laughs) i feel like an hour of that would get old for everybody involved but you're committed committed to the bit
1: i did have the idea of doing a full hour of us going no and you laughed (laughs) vetoed Um, I might take that sample from the beginning of us (laughs) and putting it on loop for an hour and releasing that like an hour before the the actual show goes (laughs) out as a prank. Do you like pranks?
0: (laughs) No, if we were releasing this show on April the 1st, maybe. Yeah. That shit will not fly.
1: But it's not. It's coming out on November. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So what film are we talking about? Oh, I wonder. What could it be? Well, you've seen the title. You fucking know what it is. Uh, Oh, guess what we're talking about today? We're talking about Mars Attacks. Oh, really? Because you put that in a fucking description. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Cynical start? (laughs) We've got a
0: sassy Dan.
1: (laughs) Right. So... A 90s movie. Mm. Um, We've done
0: plenty of 90s movies so far.
1: I was about to say we haven't done many 90s movies. Then I remembered immediately that we did Con Air. (laughs) Hard Boiled.
0: Yep. Some other stuff. And other things. (laughs) (laughs) Miscellany.
1: Yeah. So 1996, I was the young old age of 12 years old when this was released.
0: I would have been 14.
1: Oh, okay. Did you see this at the pictures? Do you know what?
0: I was trying to remember. I don't, I don't think I did. No, I did definitely rent it on VHS. And then I went on to buy it on DVD, but it was, it was one of those really early shit DVDs that had like the cardboard slipcase.
1: Oh, funny. Okay. It's, it's funny because I was listening to a podcast the other day and it's the person, it was an American person, but they mm-hmm. used to live in the UK. And they were talking about those card cases and they went, ah, you, you didn't, we didn't get those in the UK when I was there. And I'm thinking, we fucking did. Yeah, we did. I'm looking at some now. <laughs> but you, you didn't know that you owned this movie. No, I'd forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> because we were looking for it on streaming <laughs> and I thought we found it because a few weeks ago we sort of looked ahead at the, the lineup and we thought, oh, you know, we can just watch this on Prime and this on Netflix and so on and so forth. And we went on to Prime, I think, to watch this and it wasn't there. So we panicked. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sure I've seen this somewhere. So I went through (laughs) your wallet of a a thousand movies and I found it. So you do own it.
0: All I can say to that is perhaps you'll have to make me a spreadsheet one day. So I don't forget which films I own.
1: Did cross my mind.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I bet it did.
1: I thought you was going to (laughs) say, all I have to say to that is. (laughs)
0: that's just going to be my fallback for everything if I don't have an answer it's just going to be that
1: I might just cut that in when you said that um so 1996 can you name the other big alien invasion movie that came out in that very year
0: in 96 yeah was Independence Day 96 Ah. then Independence Day (laughs) that's my answer
1: yes um apparently Roland Emmerich was desperate to get that out before Mars Attacks
0: because the films have so much in common. Because they're exactly
1: the same movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they're an alien invasion movie, but wildly different in yes. execution
0: in, and tone. Every other way. Yeah.
1: yeah. Also released in 1996. You know, sometimes we sort of go through the year that a movie was released and we talk about other movies. I'm not necessarily going to talk about every other movie, but it is one of them that seems unusually good.
0: Oh, 96 he was a strong year. Yeah.
1: I've got Scream.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah.
1: A game changer for, yeah. for horror. Absolutely. Um, space Truckers.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> My second favorite Dennis Hopper movie.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, Train Spotting.
0: Oh wow! Yeah.
1: The witches one.
0: Ninety. 90- oh, The Craft.
1: The Craft. Yes. Um, from... Why did I
0: think that was ninety
1: five? I don't know.
0: Continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> from dusk till dawn. Wow! Yeah. Um, Twister.
0: Nah, I can take or leave that. It's a fun movie, I think. Um, the Rock. You love that movie, don't you? I do love that movie
1: because yeah. it's a good one.
0: I'm I'm amazed we've never watched that together.
1: No, I, I watch it a fair amount. But it's been at least a year, I would say. So it's probably due a rewatch So I've got soon. that to
0: look forward to is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. I don't know what... <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think... I wonder how we could get that on a theme.
0: No... No, um,
1: let's Cage. talk about, we're
0: talking about aliens. Yeah,
1: okay. Right. Um, <laughs> the Frighteners came out in 96, which awesome, is probably yep. my favourite Peter Jackson is movie. Is it
0: really? I That's think, controversial.
1: I, I think, why, what else did he do? King Kong. Um, Brain Dead. Brain Dead. I don't, I don't care for that a great no, deal. This
0: is where we differ. That's easily my favourite Peter Jackson okay. movie. Okay.
1: All right. Well, I I think he's probably done a lot that I haven't seen, but um, he did
0: some um some really little seen underrated films about like elves and um, Bright. small people,
1: tip tippy toe, tiptoes. Whatever was that movie? Cool? They
0: were based on a series of books. I'm sure it'll come. To Harry me. Potter. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> um. Well, I'm not sure what you're talking about. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to look that up. Uh, I, I
0: can't tell if you're being serious or sarcastic so, I can't tell if you're being serious or sarcastic, generally.
1: Yes. Oh,
0: that clears things (laughs) up then. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Jerry Maguire, Fargo. Okay. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. The best Baz Luhrmann film. Actually, it's the only one I can stomach to watch, to be honest with you.
0: (laughs) Not a fan of uh, Moulin Moulin Rouge? Moulin? Moulin?
1: No, I have seen that one and did not like it.
0: No, me either.
1: Swingers. Star Trek First Contact. Mission Impossible, numero uno, the Island of Doctor Moreau, <laughs> which we have to cover at some yes, point. Yes,
0: for sure. Um, I'm I'm scheming on a metamorphosis theme, so maybe we could shoehorn it in there.
1: Okay, yeah. I'm I'm. Let's, um, listen, there's plenty to talk about with that movie. <laughs> Biodome.
0: <gasps> free mahi mahi.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I I, I don't think I've thought about Biodome until we met, and then I feel like you bring it up every other week. We watched that.
0: That or some other Pauly Shaw movie, probably.
1: In the Army now?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Was Laurie Petty in that? (laughs) I don't know. I've definitely seen it. Son-in-Law. Are we just naming more Pauly Shaw movies?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I I think We Hate Movies covered that a while back. Yeah, I bet they did. (laughs) I haven't seen it, but I listened to their episode and it was very funny. Um, One more for you, that classic Francis Ford Coppola movie, Jack.
0: Jack, Christ, why do I always forget that that's from Coppola? I know. That's insane.
1: I know, and I saw that at the pictures too.
0: The 90s were a strange time, weren't they?
1: They were a very strange time, yeah, and a strange movie. And I I didn't realise at the time, I don't think I really understood who Francis Ford Coppola was at the time (laughs) when I saw it, but I did see that at cinema and it wasn't until about five, ten years ago, I looked it up and I thought, Francis Ford Coppola, mate. Has this?
0: Has someone made a grave mistake? Yeah.
1: What's that about? I can't imagine
0: any circumstance in which he would be introduced to anybody as director of Jack. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola. I would.
1: If, <laughs> yeah, if, you if, would. If, in whatever alternative reality, if we ever <laughs> interviewed him, the first question I was asking was, "You made Jack? <laughs> yes. Why? Yeah. Explain yourself, sir." <laughs> Yes. Um. So this one, Mars Attacks, it was based on a collection of trading cards which were released in 1962.
0: Yeah, which I didn't know until we started researching for this. Did you not? No. Even though, like, it says it in the opening it does. credits. That's your first
1: clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's kind of a War of the Worlds style narrative, but it was deemed too graphic and was pulled from the shelves after just a couple of months.
0: Well, the the trading cards themselves. Yeah. Wow!
1: Yeah, which is nuts. I mean, they're, they're cards. Uh, I guess it wouldn't happen today. And I haven't. I haven't specifically gone to look up any cards, but I think the movie adaptation is is pretty. Um, what's the word? Ack? ack?
0: Hear it? I can't think of it. <laughs> it was right there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think the, the cards are the, the film is a good representation of what the cards were from from what I hear. Okay. Um, and it doesn't seem particularly. Um, graphic or or anything it's just like a cartoon so it's curious
0: you say that but a lot was cut the film was looking at an NC-17 if not R rating really and they had to chop a bunch of stuff out I don't know if it was um I couldn't find much evidence of whether that was um scenes that they'd filmed that hit the cutting room floor or whether they just were deemed uh not appropriate to film okay but yeah the the original intention was to have it be a lot bloodier i think
1: right okay well that would kind of fit in with the kind of style of it it's quite nihilistic and stuff but uh, i think it ended up being a bit of a cartoon yeah uh, which i didn't hate and we'll get to that <laughs> so i did google tops company but uh, i didn't expect what i found so i found out that there's another property that was based on tops trading cards
0: is it garbage Pail the gar-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> All roads lead to garbage, bail kids, <laughs> apparently. In
0: this house, they do. It
1: comes up so often, <laughs> and I don't know why. It's horrible. It's an awful movie. <laughs> and I've seen it because of you.
0: <laughs> and you're still here.
1: <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so it was when I decided to make this movie, it was uh, writer Jonathan Gems did submit a first draft back in 1994. Mm -hmm. and it was budgeted at about 200 million (laughs) dollars
0: holy shit
1: 94
0: that's crazy i I read that the the actual budget was around 70 million which considering the cast i mean we'll get to it That the cast is beyond stacked in this movie
1: yes it's unreal it's insane i do think i do a thing where i write down the cast members in my notes yeah and i spent the, all of last week doing that so um, but <laughs> that yeah took the
0: entire duration of the film itself
1: <laughs> yeah I didn't watch any of the movie I was just writing down <laughs> the cast so 200 million budget but Warner Brothers wanted to get rewrites done and they wanted the budget to be about 60 million as you said it ended up being between 75 and 100 i have I've read different reports on that okay I don't know what includes marketing or doesn't and all of that nonsense but somewhere between 75 and 100 million i think was the final number
0: i mean i know we're talking almost 30 years ago but that still seems relatively modest considering the cast involved
1: considering the cast considering it's a huge
0: the scale of it it's an epic impressive yes the
1: scale that's the that's the term i'm looking for and a, a huge amount of cgi and visual effects so yeah yeah, it seems fairly economical. But then again, not many films were costing $100 million back then. Some. True, somewhere. yeah. But uh, I think we're just sort of edging up to that at that point. So this was made by Tim Burton, one Timothy Burton. Yes. Who is not my favorite filmmaker. I I think between Mars Attacks and Beetlejuice, they're pretty much the only two Tim Burton movies that I will watch and rewatch
0: I feel pretty similarly unlike you I do have very fond memories of his iteration of Batman and also I've got kind of a soft spot for Edward Scissorhands but I can't remember the last time I revisited that and I've not got much time for Johnny Depp these days so
1: no no why is that
0: um no reason
1: let's not get into that no <laughs> so edward skizor hands yeah i remember i remember seeing it back in the day when it was on sky movies or whatever but i think even at the time i was like oh, this is a bit dreary and fantastical for my liking
0: well i mean that's one of the reasons i do still have time for it though because i'm a huge fan of like fairy tale stuff and like magical realism so yeah those elements are right up my street
1: fair enough um, yeah
0: and I- it, he's he's cultivated a really distinct style Yes, I'll give him that, but a lot of what he does is just not for me. His his version of Alice in Wonderland was an absolute abomination, and I will die on that hill.
1: I think that's a pretty. I think loads of people share that sentiment, don't Do they? they? I think so. I Good. think it's pretty well, majorly panned by a lot of people. It's I cack. think I saw it, and I think I immediately forgot it. There's someone with a big hat, I think, <laughs> or am I thinking of the cat in the hat?
0: No, the Mad Hatter you're thinking of. Yeah.
1: Is that the Johnny Depp character? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, of course. Right. So, um, so Mr. Burton, he actually did start his career as an animator in the 80s uh, and a concept artist. He did concept art for the Fox and Hound, Tron and a black cauldron, but none of the concepts made it into the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then he made a short film in 1984 called Frankenweenie. Frankenweenie,
0: yes, I remember that.
1: Was that made into a, a full-length thing? It was eventually, ago? yeah. Was it about a dog? Yes. Okay, I haven't seen it, and I don't think I've heard of it until doing research for this. So that was viewed by someone called Paul Rubens. Um, <laughs> I think he saw it in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The less said about that, the better, eh?
1: I don't think I need to complete that joke, do
0: No, I? he's barely cold. Let's leave him alone. What do you mean? Paul Reubens yeah, died recently.
1: Oh, no. Was it a stake through the heart? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Too soon. Um, Yeah, so Paul Rubens saw it and wanted Burton to direct the Pee Wee Herman movie, mm-hmm. which he did. And then he's off to the races. And then we're getting Beetlejuice and... Edward Scissorhands as you mentioned Batman and as much as I don't enjoy that 89 Batman or the sequel they were kind of game changers for cinema in general and and obviously superhero movies yeah so I do respect them and every now and again I think oh I'm gonna put that on and just give it another go but I'm always like I can't I don't like this (laughs) I just don't like it what else did he do oh Edward I've got Sleepy Hollow oh Planet of the Apes That was a bad one, wasn't it?
0: I remember when Planet of the Apes came out. I mean, his first mistake was casting Mark Wahlberg. His second mistake was remaking it in the first place. I distinctly remember, because I was such a huge fan of Kevin Smith back then, and they had a massive feud, because Kevin Smith kind of very vocally went on record to say how terrible he thought Planet of the Apes was, and that Tim Burton was perhaps a bit of a hack. Um, And they, they just hate each other really? this, well as far as I'm aware to this day they they have a strong dislike of one another
1: well, I'm team Kevs yeah
0: he was not wrong.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry but yeah no and as you said earlier, like I respect his vision he's got a style and people enjoy that style and that's great. it's just not really for me yeah um but he definitely has a style and you can't deny that
0: I think as far as the man himself goes, I don't know a great deal about him. I find him to be a little bit pretentious from the little that I do know. And I haven't done a, a great deal of digging on the subject um, and it's perhaps something I should do. But I know that in recent years, he's been accused of um, racism. Okay. Uh, in Kind of tied to the fact that he never really ever casts minorities. Um, his films are all very Aryan and he made some pretty off-color comments about about that
1: about okay the fact well, that he, if he, when he was challenged about yes it. yeah right
0: and obviously context is important i didn't sit down and listen to the entire interview
1: yeah
0: i only saw that snippet but it was not it was not a good look shall we say
1: okay i i had heard this too um Again, I don't know much about it. I haven't heard any interviews or any comments on it, so I can't really have much of an opinion on it. But when I think it was highlighted, I did think all of these characters are not just white. They're like pale. Yeah. So it's... yeah Alabaster white. Yeah, it's a weird one.
0: Well, interestingly, Mars Attacks is one of the few exceptions. Um, right. Because as we'll talk about later, when mm. we get to the cast, we do have the great Pam Greer.
1: Yeah. We do. So, yeah. We do. Okay. So uh, mentioned already written by Jonathan Gems. Um, I suppose. Should we spend the rest of the hour talking or just listening cast? <laughs> We've got Jack Nicholson. Take a,
0: take a deep breath. <laughs>
1: Limber up. All right. Okay. I'm going to do this. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, Jim Brown, Glenn Close, Piers Brosnan, Martin Short, Michael J. Fox, Sarah Jessica Parker, Pam Greer, Sylvia Sidney, Danny DeVito, Lucas Haas, Annette Bening, Rod Steiger, Lisa Marie, Jack Black, Natalie Portman, Christina Applegate, Tom Jones. And I'm sure there's more.
0: Your lung capacity is pretty impressive. It's not too bad, yeah.
1: (laughs) So Jack Nicholson, we spoke about Batman briefly and obviously re-teaming with Burton for this. So they must get on pretty well. He played two roles in this, President Dale and Art Land, which was a weird choice.
0: Yeah, I tried to find some information about that, but I couldn't find a great deal. It was supposed to be two different actors. And I believe at one point, funnily enough, you just mentioned Batman again. I believe that one of them was supposed to be Michael Keaton right but that didn't pan out I, I think I think some other people were considered as well but yeah he ended up doing both roles I don't know I I think when I first watched this I had assumed there must have been a reason for that
1: I think the reason is that Nicholson wanted to get paid twice
0: well yeah I mean <laughs> so logistically yes but I mean I felt like I thought it must have been important to the story I remember watching it and just being like yeah. well, it's the same person is nobody gonna comment on this is this not relevant oh okay
1: yeah it's a weird it's a weird choice and no, I, I didn't really care for it too much i enjoyed him as the president character i thought yeah great but the other one could quite easily have not been in the movie and it wouldn't have made any difference yeah and i didn't think his scenes were particularly funny
0: or memorable really yeah also he can't say extraterrestrial i don't know if you clocked that no right near the start the president says
1: extraterrestrial Okay. No, I didn't clock that, actually. That's a joke that passed me by. Lucas Haas. I'm... Do you know what? I'm surprised that he made this movie because I thought he was in the Witness Protection Program.
0: I knew this was going to be a joke about being the Amish boy in Witness. I knew it.
1: You did not. Yes, I did. You don't know me.
0: (laughs) I thought it was quite funny that his character worked in a donut shop. He must have the willpower of a saint to work around that many donuts and still be that thin yeah i could not relate
1: maybe he's diabetic or something <laughs> was he do you think that he was um he he started being in that uh club that he oh
0: god you're not gonna say it are you <laughs> you're gonna make me listen to you say that again
1: no you're gonna have to now for no. the people at home are they called the pussy patrol
0: i think it's the pussy posse isn't pussy it? Posse. i hate it i hate it so much <laughs> leo dicaprio thing, will burn lot. in hell for crimes against
1: women <laughs> Oh, awful. Oh Lord, yes, that's a term. When I heard that, I thought, no, that's made up, isn't it? Is no,
0: it? it's real. And apparently Toby fucking Maguire is a part of it.
1: Yeah, Toby Maguire, Lucas Haas, and Leonardo DiCaprio. I just no. I want no part of this. <laughs> it's weird. It's awful. It's weird, yeah. <laughs> uh, who else do we want to talk about? Danny DeVito, always nice to see Frank in things.
0: The trash man. Yeah. He had one and a half minutes of screen time. Did he really? Despite being one of the top build and his character didn't even have a
1: name. Rude Gambler. Yeah. He was um, credited as. Yeah. I, that's funny because I, you're right. Like he was barely on screen, but he's one of the things that I remember most about this film. And I think it's just because it's Danny Because it's him. Yeah. yeah. You just know, as soon as you see him in costume, you know who Danny DeVito yes. is. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> glorious.
0: But he's worked with Burton a few times as well, hasn't he? Well, a, a, a regular returns. Yeah, he I think was in he was that. in that ill-advised Dumbo live-action remake that Ooh. he did.
1: Oh yeah, never saw that. No,
0: me either. No interest.
1: No. Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Martin Short,
0: Michael J. Fox. This was one of the last films he did before he took that long break. From acting after his Parkinson's diagnosis.
1: So I think he would have been doing Spin City at this time. So he, yeah. he did have regular work on that sitcom, which ran for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in terms of his movie career, he definitely stopped doing uh, things around about this time. Uh, Obviously, the Frighteners, which we mentioned Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the show, was also out, which is incredible. Um, But
0: yeah, apparently there are a couple scenes in this where you can see him shaking. Right. Like he he was struggling to control the tremors at that point, but they wrote it in because the scene where he's on top of the van or whatever it is with the TV crew and they just kind of, they went with it because you know shaking in fright would have been pretty realistic
1: yeah okay fair enough and and like why not just just have characters with parkinson's in movies Why can't yeah I, why can't absolutely
0: do that? And michael j fox seems fucking awesome man he
1: does he's great i, I read his book uh, a while ago and he's i think he's written a couple but yeah that was really good we watched that documentary about all about him and he seems great
0: yeah and i i know it's really easy to sort of sound pitying or infantilizing when you talk about people with disabilities but he is a genuine inspiration
1: yeah he is yeah i totally agree and back to the future weren't too bad either so.
0: <laughs> yeah it was all right
1: yeah <laughs> rod steiger is in this movie he is Isn't he a singer
0: rod steiger yeah are you confusing him with rod stewart oh yeah
1: right.
0: <laughs> rod steiger is the um the general yeah is he not a singer then? He's not a singer, no. He was the priest in one of my favourite movies, The Amityville Horror.
1: Oh, okay. I'm but-
0: going to make you rewatch that at some point. we we'll um, have them watch that together.
1: Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Is in no,
0: that. not the remake.
1: Oh, was that a remake?
0: Yeah. Oh. You think the remake of Amityville Horror is one of my favourite
1: films? I don't know. <laughs> you have some strange choices sometimes.
0: <laughs> Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, case closed. <laughs> Did you notice Christina Applegate in this?
0: Yeah, she was Jack Black's missus. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. I, 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 she was just like a blink and you'll miss it thing, wasn't it? Was she, she was
0: only in a couple scenes, really. Oh,
1: you see, I only noticed one scene.
0: I think she was in the trailer at one point. That's after the one. I right, um, she was the one who was kissing him as he was leaving right. to go to the military.
1: Yes, you know, Christina Applegate, Jack Black seems like a good match.
0: <laughs> Realistic, nothing wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't Have know you... though. W- women do love a a good sense of humor. Yeah, Jack Black's a very funny dude. Yeah, okay. he seems cool as well. Does he? Yeah, I've listened to a few podcasts he's been on. He's got good taste in music.
1: Yeah, no, he seems fun. Um, so um, are we done with the cast? is there anything specific you want to go into?
0: Um, no, I'm any happy any to of those move on.
1: Humans that are in this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always forget that Pierce Brosnan's in it.
1: Pierce Brosnan, yeah, James Bond. The, they was doing James Bond. At the time. It's not like he yeah. had stopped doing James Bond or was about to do a James Bond. He was James Bond then. He'd already <laughs> done a James Bond in 95, Goldeneye. And then I think Tomorrow Never Dies came out in 97. So it was in between Bonds.
0: You've said James Bond too many times. And I know. It doesn't sound right anymore. I know.
1: So with that in mind, have you got a favorite character performance or what is there anything in it is there any one that you would have dropped or you wanted to see more of because i I, i've got some thoughts on this in particular it was such a huge cast i I think you can't not have a take
0: well i'm interested to hear what you've got to say about it because i did read that there was initially supposed to be 60 major characters what yeah (laughs) that was my reaction (laughs) hence the
1: 200 million budget
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it would have needed to be like 17 hours long
1: to yeah. give screen
0: time to that many characters, but they whittled it down to about 23.
1: Oh, showing restraint then.
0: Yeah. So who would you have dropped? Um, also, can we just touch on the fact that you haven't dedicated much time to Martin Short yet at all?
1: We're getting
0: it. Mm, here we go.
1: You see, this is one of those questions where it's I'm leading somewhere. What's it called? Leading question. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 so, yeah. So I, I would have had more Martin Short in there because yeah. he's the best and he's the greatest Canadian whatever has lived and whatever will live and he's amazing and funny and he's not in this enough not nearly enough
0: I mean I, he with 23 major characters he couldn't have been
1: which is which is my problem with this movie there's so, way too many characters
0: All right then um to throw your question back at you who would you have dropped in order to give Martin Short the deserved screen time
1: I would have dropped the second jack nicholson character because it has no bearing or relevance and isn't really that funny either in my opinion
0: agreed i I liked annette benning quite a lot the weird hippie yeah yeah i did i really liked her character she was she was pretty fun
1: She was a fun character. Yeah, true. Let's keep her. Let's drop.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say, like, we could have had her character without her attachment to the second Nicholson
1: character. Agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, he's gone. So, right. So we're dropping um, Artland. Yep. We are also going to drop Tom Jones because why Tom Jones is in this movie, I have no idea, except for the fact that it's in Vegas a bit. So you've got to do... What he's doing, he's dancing, did make me laugh.
0: I just... I oh honestly I died a little bit inside. Yeah, women found him attractive back in the day. I don't. I just I don't, what? I
1: don't understand. I so I definitely would have dropped Tom Jones.
0: Drop kicked.
1: Drop kicked. <laughs> <laughs> Who else would I have dropped? I, do you know what? As much as I like Michael J. Fox and I enjoy seeing him in him in it, whenever I watch this movie. I sort of rub my hands. Oh, yeah, great. Michael J. Fox yeah. is in this. But then he's, he's, he's so brief that maybe I just would have just not had that character in it or, or put him in it more. I don't know. But I would have gotten rid of, I was going to say Lucas Haas, but you can't really because he's the well, main reason. Well, him that...
0: and the, the grandma are, yeah, yeah, pretty important.
1: Yeah. Maybe the Jack Black stuff I would have dropped. Yeah. I, I don't care. Just put more Martin Short in it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was probably my, I mean, I know I'm biased, but I think he was my favourite. I, I feel like he knew exactly what movie he was in. He does his Martin Short thing, he's, but he's he's not as Martin Short as he normally is. He's not falling over in this movie, <laughs> which is a shame.
0: That's true. That's true. I don't love his character because he's a bit slimy. Yeah.
1: Which is, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not really, he's, he's never that character. He's never, he's always just a bit silly and feckless and quite wholesome. Yeah. He's usually quite wholesome and he's not in this and it's, it's, it was fun to see, but he's still an idiot. Um, (laughs) but he's, yeah, he's the press secretary. As I said, he's an idiot.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a given.
1: Yeah, so cast-wise, it's just too many people. I think for me in this, it's a lot of them are disconnected. That they're not really uh, don't play a huge role in terms of the plot. So I would have dropped a lot of the peripheral characters. I think and maybe just kept it central to the presidential team and just lean into the satire of it a bit more I think for me rather than have these side characters that don't really have any bearing on the plot or things happening in it
0: it's weird because it's unbelievably pacey
1: you, you stick it on and then it's finished and yeah like, there's so much going on and I do find this very funny I, I do I enjoy the aliens I enjoy that the humans just fall for their uh, their apologies every single time <laughs> I like that.
0: Fool me once. Yeah. (laughs) No, you got me thinking about the George Bush quote.
1: Now watch this (laughs) drive. Oh, yeah. Oh God, satire is—you can't do satire anymore. It
0: doesn't go far enough anymore.
1: Yeah. So I do. I enjoy putting this on. It's a very breezy film. It it, just—it goes by like that, and I enjoy it. And I like seeing all of these scenes happening and the characters are a bit silly and funny. I would, like I said, I wish it had lent more into the satire side of things, but I do enjoy that they fall for their tricks every time. Yeah. And um it from right from the beginning when they first meet the aliens, when they uh have the red carpet out and the bloke from Terminator um, is yeah. there as the general and not not Lance Henriksen. <laughs> And they they meet the aliens and then they release a dove and then that's when they start ray gunning everybody. Yeah, and they take
0: grave offence at the dove.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then their the ray guns turn people into skeletons. Did you notice that some are red and some are green?
0: I did. Yeah. Yes, do, do based you know... on the ray that was used.
1: Right. Yes, and that's because they wanted this to be a Christmas movie. Apparently, I've heard.
0: Interesting. I did read a bit about that as well, mm. and apparently, I haven't gone back to check, I haven't watched Beetlejuice in quite some time, but apparently there are red and green skeletons in that.
1: Hmm, I've watched that within the last year, and I don't remember that.
0: I think it. the impression I get is that it's kind of like a blink and you'll miss it thing. Right. So I feel like that's perhaps a Tim Burton Easter egg that we just don't know about.
1: Maybe. Do you think it's in Planet of the Apes?
0: <laughs> but it's entirely it's possible. Warburg I'm never going to gonna re-watch that film to find out, though. No.
1: I don't think I've seen it all the way through, you know. I've seen some of it, and I'm aware of the ending anyway. So, I think for me, just one of the strongest parts of this movie is the fact that it is a throwback. It looks weird, but in a good way. And well, I think—how do
0: you mean when it when you say it looks weird? Because I've got some thoughts about this.
1: Well, it it looks. I think I, I watch this now, and it it hasn't dated for me in terms of the effects. And I think same. I think that's because it's meant to be. Uh, It's meant to look like a throwback. The the effects are meant to look a little bit shonky in places. But all of the alien stuff, I think, looks just amazing for 1996 i think it's incredible the only yeah. thing is when they're interacting with humans and you can sort of see that they're not really there but considering this movie's nearly 30 years old i think it looks amazing
0: yeah interestingly i think tim burton originally wanted them to be stop motion because mm. he was a big fan of ray harryhausen yeah who was the, the fucking man Yep, love me some jason and the argonauts but yeah he first um he was he was going to work with henry Selick, right. who directed nightmare before christmas obviously is that i thought tim
1: burton directed that
0: i believe tim burton produced it i think it's like a tim burton presents a lot of people a lot of people mistakenly think that he directed nightmare before christmas i I think
1: i'm from the universe originally oh this is a mandela effect i I don't know if it's that but i think maybe i've shifted into a different reality (laughs) where he didn't direct that
0: so the mandela effect (laughs) But yeah, they originally worked with a different team of animators, apparently. But the studio refused to foot the bill for all of the
1: projected costs. Expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they got um, ILM in to do all the visual they? stuff. Yeah. Of oh, course. Okay. I mean, it's 1996. Industrial
0: it? Light and Magic. Yep. They definitely wanted it to sort of intentionally look a bit shitty.
1: Yes. And and that's why I think it's aged very well. Because yeah. it, it, it looked... It looked amazing, but a little bit shitty then. And it looked am- looks amazing now, but a little bit shitty now. But it's part <laughs> of it. It's it's, yeah. it's like part of the pastiche. <laughs> and it's pointing back to the movies of the 50s and going, look, they looked a bit silly, didn't they? But we all loved them. And it's a nice homage. And I think that's why it holds up. It's it's such a style. And I find that with movies. Like if there's a a, a fut- movie about few fut- the future and it's got too much of a vision of the future and it ages very quickly. Whereas if you've got a very specific weird vision, it can't really age or like anachronistic kind of story like, like this in, in many ways. Cause I think it's, I don't think they mention a the time period of when this is meant to be happening, but there is a very
0: well, wide mixture of technologies
1: <clears throat> and stuff in this.
0: Yes. It, it's really interesting. It's kind of, so the closest comparison that I can think of is something like it follows where they intentionally muddy the waters with, tech that doesn't exist and clothing that's super retro and they've definitely done the same thing here because it is supposed to be set in the 90s mm. but a lot of the military stuff looks straight out of the 50s um like Glenn Close particularly is dressed kind of head to toe in 60s kind of gear like a yeah. bit Jackie O and then you've got Annette Benning who looks kind of 70s yeah
1: um
0: it's all over the shop and, and like it- you say very anachronistic but it works brilliantly
1: yeah, and uh, the, the television sets and yeah. the the weird Martian translator thing that they've got feels very sort of fifties.
0: The, they figured out in no time flat. Where were they in Arrival? Denis Villeneuve could have used that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but, but the, I guess it wasn't accurate, was it? Were we meant to think that?
0: Well, they did not come in peace, so.
1: <laughs> no. No, but I guess that they were tricking them, so maybe it was. I actually.
0: just assumed shenanigans, yeah. Yeah,
1: but, <laughs> um, but it, it's funny because I, I do think that particularly the stuff on the spaceship with the aliens, it did kind of look like stop motion. I feel like it was meant it did, to look yeah. that way. They kind of designed it, I think, and it, that was probably the compromise, I would imagine, for, for Burton. Okay, I can't do stop motion, but let's at least make it look somewhat like stop motion and i think they succeeded with that So and as i say especially on a ship where you've got the, i love the, the aliens milling about in their red pants that <laughs> destroys me <laughs> i love that and then you've got the suiting up scene where they're going through the machine that's putting their suits on. I want on a machine that wrap.
0: dresses me.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: That's so efficient. Think yeah. of how much time you would save cumulatively.
1: Um, well, yeah, I suppose you're like, like 60 10 minutes every day. day. Ten, it takes you 10 minutes to put clothes on,
0: to get ready. I suppose that includes making a cup of tea. Never mind. Forget I said anything. I'm, I'm going to assume that the machine can also do that as well. Make tea. Make a brew. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I would say that's probably the first thing that I would invent. <laughs> the, the putting your clothes on thing would be the second thing.
0: Yeah. Priorities. You yeah.
1: know. Yeah, and I think I think a, a, like, as I said, a lot of the stuff on a spaceship was probably some of my favourite stuff.
0: Yeah. When when it's just the aliens themselves yeah, being I, chaotic.
1: <laughs> I could have just followed them, I think, for 90 minutes, yeah. just walking around. <laughs> and just like swapping heads around with dogs and things like that. And it's just fucking nuts. And I, I really respect it for that. I think it's a lot of fun. And it looks great. And even putting the chihuahua head on Sarah Jessica Parker's body, you can see it's not real. You can see that it's animated, but it still looks good.
0: Yeah, it, it does. It still is
1: fun. And incidentally, did you know that that dog was the dog of Tim Burton and Lisa Marie? They were did. dating at the time. Yeah, and it was actually their dog.
0: Did you know <laughs> that I was... Um, A fully grown, fully formed adult human when I realized that Lisa Marie is not, in fact, Lisa Marie Presley.
1: (laughs) Did you know that I found out that Lisa Marie is not Lisa Marie Presley about 45 minutes ago?
0: Yeah. Oh, Mm. I'm so glad it wasn't just me that had made that assumption.
1: No, I was today years old. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Yeah, I had no idea. But yeah, it was so it was their dog and I guess they just decided to save some money and use their own dog i don't know or maybe they got do you know what the dog probably got paid so they probably got paid again (laughs) um but lisa marie was not happy that they decapitated her dog so well they they
0: didn't do it for real
1: no Um, i'm
0: assuming i think peter would have a few things to say about that peter peter the organization not peter
1: (laughs) oh see if you say peter all i'm thinking of is what we do in the shadows (laughs) peter oh yeah oh the the the, the animal people
0: yeah yeah <laughs> that makes a lot more sense now doesn't it
1: yeah what does it stand for
0: um Pets. something about the ethical treatment of animals yeah i forget what the p stands for people against for the ethical tra- not against the ethical treatment of animals <laughs> that would be ludicrous that's the opposite
1: message <laughs> yeah i don't don't work in marketing <laughs> What were we talking about? The aliens oh, the, the and aliens. ship. The aliens and ship. Yeah. that's outside of the Martin Short stuff. I think that's some of my favorite stuff.
0: Yeah. And I think the stuff you were just talking about with the like Sarah Jessica Parker's head on the chihuahua body. Yeah. That's probably, I hadn't seen this film in maybe 10 years. And that is one of the first images in my mind when anybody talks about Mars attacks.
1: Right. But okay. I do
0: really, really enjoy the design of the aliens themselves.
1: It's a, They're a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, just, I just like how they're big brainy heads inside the glass <laughs> thing. It just, it really, it really works. Um, I get
0: kind of Metalunar Mutant vibes. oh, Which might be intentional. Have you seen This Island Earth?
1: Uh, those are all words that I'm not familiar <laughs> with.
0: Okay. Um, it was kind of a cult favorite sort of B-movie sci-fi. Right. Um. But yeah, the creature design was absolutely superb. Yeah. Um, I I guess
1: they're basing it off of the cards.
0: Well, yeah. um, But it wouldn't surprise me if the cards themselves had taken inspiration from that kind of thing as well. Mm. Um, But yeah, I I mean, this whole film is sort of a total pastiche of 50s B-movie sci-fi anyway. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of inspiration. Like, I believe the... um, The the actual UFOs that they used were kind of inspired by Earth versus the Flying Saucers, which is a film I haven't seen, but I think from 1956, I believe.
1: I'm not familiar with any of those movies outside of, you know, just film history and stuff and Mm -hmm. being aware that they exist. I've never seen any of those. I've never really had a desire to go and watch anything like that.
0: I don't. Know how much you would get out of them, to be mm. honest. I think they're so campy and kitschy, and they they have their place. Yeah, I think they're a lot of fun. But unless it's something that you maybe grew up watching and has a nostalgia factor attached, wouldn't necessarily be a very rewarding watch yeah. for someone like you. I don't know.
1: Okay, someone like me.
0: Someone like you, idiots. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Luddites.
1: When these aliens eventually inv- do a full blown invasion. They attack Vegas and there's some mm-hmm. fun scenes of them lasering a monument and people running away and them making it go the other way. So people- <laughs> there was all of that stuff and destroying Vegas. Oh by the way, are we just exclusively exclusively gonna have movies with Vegas
0: in every what? single
1: season that we do?
0: Do you know what? I have notes about this. <laughs> all right. So not only does it kind of tie back to Army of the Dead and Con Air, but it doubly ties back to Con Air in that a lot of money was saved because Tim Burton filmed the demolition of some of the buildings in Las Vegas. So, really, once again, a production kind of piggybacked on something that was already happening.
1: I'm a big fan of destroying things in Vegas. I think we should, <laughs> I think we should carry on with that. Don't need to film it.
0: <laughs> Just wipe it off the map quietly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think everyone should go there once. <laughs> it should be. We should shut down the entire earth for a year. Everyone goes to Vegas once, and then once everyone's gone, we should just destroy, evacuate,
0: it. and destroy. Well, we can keep
1: <laughs> some people there still. Keep Sigfriedenroid there. Um,
0: <laughs> take the tigers, obviously. Yeah,
1: of course.
0: Just take the animals. Yeah,
1: Peter would not allow us to destroy it if the tigers were there. Peter, Peter. Yeah. So the, the distraction stuff, I, I really enjoyed it. Again, it's a. A very specific choice style the way it looks and it looks quite it looks like models and a lot of it yeah. was, aside from the real buildings that you were talking about. <laughs> But again, it works because that's what we're doing. We're, you know, we're referencing movies back in a day when they did look a bit shonky and, you know, the, the, the industry was just kind of getting going with, uh, in terms of special effects and things like that and paved the way for the thing, things to come. So it just, yeah, it works. And I enjoyed, I always enjoy seeing Vegas getting destroyed. What I say?
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll have to have a whole season.
1: Yeah. Vegas <laughs> destruction. Season four. Oh, no. We can't. No. Season we've four locked, locked in, in. Season four. Yeah. I really enjoyed some of the kills in this. Okay, I, you mentioned Glenn Close earlier, and the first thing I thought of was seeing a dummy of Glenn Close getting squashed by a chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> that destroys me. I, I love seeing that. Nothing against Glenn Close; <laughs> I mean she's great. But it was just very funny. I, yeah, I really enjoyed the, just the nihilistic humor of this movie.
0: Yeah, just... I can definitely see what where they were going with um, the higher rating. That they almost ended up with. Yeah. I think it would have worked. I like what it is. Don't get me wrong. I like what it is. It's cartoony. It's larger than life. But I think it also would have worked as a as a bit darker, kind of more schlocky, kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Not a horror movie, but like tangential.
1: Yeah. I, I would say that this is kind of horror adjacent. Yeah. Um. Obviously, a lot of Tim Burton movies are by their sort of nature. But I do think this is kind of a comedy horror-ish. But I agree. I would I would like to have seen this a bit, a bit darker, edgier. a bit edgier. Maybe we see some people explode and yeah. just claret runs everywhere. That would be fun. <laughs> you know, like a James Gunn. I'd love to see a James Gunn Ooh. reboot of this movie, you know.
0: Would you want a reboot or like a sequel. legacy sequel?
1: I think a sequel would work because then we get yeah. Martin Short back. We bring him back <gasps> to life. We do a Martin Sh- Martin Short is Martian Girl in a Legacy sequel. Come on, <laughs> he's gonna on. have to get
0: sewn into that costume.
1: He'll do it. He would do it.
0: <laughs> also, speaking of Martin Short and the Martian Girl, why was 1996 the year of the sexy fish tank? You Explain. already, you already brought up Romeo and Juliet.
1: Oh yeah, weird. That's right. Yeah, you mentioned that in the movie because he, him and Martian girl look at each other, and you, you sort of nudged me and went, "Oh, when did Romeo and Juliet come out?" I was like, yeah, 96. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it?
0: Strange parallel thinking, very specific parallel thinking.
1: I wonder, I wonder what came first. I wonder what, which one was released. They were clearly being made at the same time, so it's obviously a coincidence, unless someone had some inside knowledge on one of these sets. <laughs> I, I imagine Mars Attacks was being made for much longer than Romeo and Juliet.
0: Um, I would have thought so, yeah. But also, the films have like nothing else in common, so I feel like it probably is just a coincidence. I
1: found a link though. Um, the Leon- fish tank. <laughs> yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. another oh, no. person, Another person from the um, Pussy Patrol.
0: No. <laughs> are you getting the Pussy Posse and Paw Patrol mixed up?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> My baby.
0: That's monstrous. There,
1: They're two things I should not be mixing up.
0: They are indeed two things you shouldn't be mixing up. I don't up. even
1: know what Paw Patrol is. I've heard it. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've heard people say the words Paw Patrol. <laughs> So yeah, I uh, Kills again, Jack Nicholson again falls for the aliens stick at the end of the movie. He, he gives him a speech, which I enjoy his speech as well. I kind of, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right. We should all work together. I enjoy this speech, Jack Nicholson.
0: I like his delivery.
1: Yeah. It's very earnest and it, it works, I think. But they're going for the handshake and then the hand comes off, kind of turns into a snake thing and stabs him through the heart and yeah. the flag comes up. <laughs> With the Mars sign, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think a lot of the kills are really fun in this, but as you say, I would like to have seen it go much, much further than it did.
0: Yeah, how do you feel about the music? Is it Elfman? It is Elfman. It's the yes. Elfman. Yeah,
1: I'm not talking about Will Ferrell. <laughs> I, I, um, outside of the. and there's the sound effects um samples I don't really remember it and I did have to look up to see if it was Elfman okay um obviously he's a big Tim Burton collaborator so do
0: you know what's wild the fact that you had to look that up because one of my notes is just I think Danny Elfman might have one of the most identifiable soundtrack styles yeah (laughs) so that's curious that you weren't sure
1: yeah it's weird i don't I don't know if I really noticed it in the movie and that's maybe okay. why I can't think of any in my head now outside of the woo i just said <laughs> yeah so I don't really have many thoughts on the the soundtrack was there okay. or the the score was there any soundtrack songs in this that were straight out of the nineties have we got anything
0: I don't remember no and i I don't know if that's on purpose because music is so integral to the plot of the film. So it's light on songs ah, because yes. when we do hear Slim Whitman, that becomes a pivotal plot motivator. True. And
1: and I guess as well, if you do have uh, um, popular songs from the time, then you're kind of putting a date on it again. So, mm. yeah, the, I forgot about the Slim Whitman stuff. I don't know how. That's horrible. I think my head exploded <laughs> a bit when that music was on. <laughs>
0: It was it was at a frequency that I think only dogs and dolphins could hear
1: how how and why did this estate of Whitman sign off? On that? because <laughs> basically they're saying that music is so shit that it makes Anion's heads explode, right?
0: I don't think that's that's not the message I got.
1: oh, that was the message I got okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good enough for grandma. And she was genuinely one of my favourite characters.
1: Yeah, she was a lot of fun. I would like, I'd like to have had more of her in it, actually.
0: Yeah, her laughing at Congress getting decimated was one of my favourite yeah. moments.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's us, isn't it? In yeah. <laughs> um, I think this may have been her last movie. You know,
0: that's a shame. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about the cast at the top of the show, yeah, um, so we don't necessarily want to spend too much more time talking about that. but we didn't we didn't talk about Pam Grier.
1: No, we didn't. You're right, actually.
0: Do you know how she got the role? No, So basically, Tim Burton wanted her for that role, but she was supposed to fly to audition for him, but her dog was terminally ill at the time which is very sad obviously but she was completely unwilling to leave her dog to fly for the audition at which point tim burton was just like you've got the role (laughs) based on that because she obviously played a woman that was unwilling to leave her kids yeah so he was like on the basis of that you're you're it okay which i thought was really cool
1: yeah that's interesting i hadn't heard that i guess this is just slightly before jackie brown I think I became aware of Pam Grier in Jackie Brown. I know really? she had a whole career like way before Foxy that. Foxy Brown. Yeah, of course. Like I'm aware of it now, but that's that's a whole thing that I had just no knowledge of okay. in 1996. Um, so actually, this is the first thing I would have seen. Yeah. Then. But the first thing I knew the name Pam Grier was in, in Jackie Brown. But she was, she was good in this. Um, she was.
0: She was memorable.
1: Yeah, she was memorable.
0: I think if you're done i have one little fun anecdote before we can start wrapping up okay and that is that howard stern famous shock jock howard stern made i don't i think it was a skit i think it was a radio skit in 1982 called slim whitman versus the midget aliens from mars and when this film came out he was just like what the fuck burn <laughs> like that's that's my idea Um, And years later, Tim Burton was actually a guest on Howard Stern's show. Yeah. um, And they got to talking about it, at which point Howard Stern told him that he'd made this short. um, And Tim Burton's response was just, wow, you should have sued me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Did he not try? No. I mean, that's not a coincidence, right?
0: I have no idea. There's no way. Maybe it was something he'd been aware of many moons ago and like... It sort of lodged itself in his brain and it wasn't, I don't know. I think, I think unintentional plagiarism can happen, right?
1: Yeah. And like parallel thinking is also yeah. a thing. But I think that's. It's so weirdly it's specific. So, it's, yeah. It was too specific. <laughs> and definitely, whether consciously or subconsciously, yeah. it was in his brain.
0: Isn't that Um, weird? And
1: yeah, fucking Howard Stern doesn't need to sue anybody. He's got all of the money. Yeah. Shock shock. (laughs) jock. He's
0: made it for life. Yeah,
1: I mean, he made that movie, didn't he? Private parts. (laughs) So I'm sure he got paid some money for that. So yeah, I I had a good time watching this. I think, as I mentioned earlier, the two Tim Burton movies that I will watch quite happily is this one and Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. I think this is a lot of fun. I don't think I particularly loved it at the time in 96. I'm not sure why, but... The more time has gone on and the more I've seen it, the more appreciation I have for it. And maybe also I'm kind of comparing it to other Burton movies, which are not for me. So I'm like, oh, this is the one that I like.
0: Yeah, it's, it is head and shoulders above some of his other work, I think.
1: Agreed. Yeah. But it does have too many characters, I think. Yes. So I enjoy it. I don't think it's a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's like a 3.5 maybe or something for me. But it is very breezy. And I think if you said to me any Sunday afternoon, why don't we put on Mars Attacks and do something and that can be on in the background. I'm quite happy to do that whenever.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. Like I said, just feels like a very Sunday, Sunday afternoon movie for me. And yeah, I kind of enjoy it a bit more, I think, every time I see it.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely one I enjoyed a lot when it, when it came out. I remember yeah. loving it. And my thoughts are largely unchanged. Mm. I hadn't seen it in a very long time. And I was really, really pleased to see how well it held up.
1: Yeah, it does hold up well. It affects wires, the, the jokes still land for me. Plus Martin Short, what's not to like, really?
0: Now, I do have one little last nugget of information. Mm. Are you familiar with the... And I use this term very loosely. Are you familiar with the comedian Jeff Donham?
1: I've heard the name.
0: The puppet guy.
1: Oh, the puppet guy. The puppet guy. Right.
0: So. <laughs> problematic hate... puppets? Yeah, problematic puppets. Yes, very much I so. I have heard I that. hate him. Yeah. He's deeply unfunny. Um, but something that did tickle me is the fact that he used two of the eyes from the Mars attacks alien in his dead terrorist puppet. Right. Which is called Ahmed. Right. And my brain tried to turn that into Ahmed. Achmed. Right, I see. <laughs> I wondered if that was intentional. But this film loses half a star for that because I hate him. I hate the man.
1: Well, I'm not really familiar with him outside of problematic puppets, as I said. <laughs> and I think that's just because you told me about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mars Attacks, are we Ak-ak? Ak? Ak. Ak Ak. I like the really aggressive akak ak. i liked <laughs> ak, ak, ak. like just put a stranger throat
0: you kind of sound like a pterodactyl now
1: how do you know what they sound like um you can't say jurassic park
0: damn it number before time
1: okay i'll accept that <laughs> answer i guess we should announce what we're doing for the next episode which yeah. will be can you believe it the penultimate episode of season three
0: this has flown by
1: it's really really has I- i've got a feeling we're probably going to say that every season but this <laughs> one really has i feel like we started this last week yeah this season so next time we are covering fire in the sky
0: on vhs on
1: v- our first VHS, VH- <laughs> are we going to watch um are we going to watch the trailers on the vhs
0: yeah of course let's it's talk part about the experience let's
1: and we can talk about the trailers okay yeah the, the 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 real life story of um
0: travis walton yeah
1: who was abducted by aliens
0: thanks so much for listening if you've enjoyed the show don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts you can stay up to date with us on twitter instagram or tiktok at sth underscore pod or support us on patreon everything will be linked in the description